Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi, welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers. You're about to watch Carly, a postpartum nurse. She is with the Fourth Trimester Foundations and she is about to give you a little rundown of postpartum after pregnancy loss. Now, during that time, there are so many things that go on in your body and she is a world of knowledge, so I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. My name is Carly Fleming. I am a postpartum and a newborn nurse and a mom. And I am the co-founder of Fourth Trimester Foundations. Um, I work alongside my business partner and dear friend and fellow mom and nurse. Her name is Megan. Um, You might hear me refer to her a little bit um, throughout this because we built this together, um, our business. And it really isn't, it's, I guess, technically a business, but it's really just a passion project that we want to make more of a thing um, so we can do this full time. Um, so we teach postpartum preparation classes to moms and parents during pregnancy um, and, you know, how to care for your body um, and recovery. And we do one-on-one calls um, and support in that way, either during pregnancy or postpartum. And one of our really uh, big passions is supporting um, moms of stillbirth, infant loss. Um, So just a little disclaimer here, I have to add this. Um, Everyone's favorite part, I am a postpartum and newborn nurse, but I'm not your nurse. So anything I say here is general medical advice. It's nothing that's specific to you or your recovery or your healing. Um, So please just you know, take this as a guide and, and a place to start and open the dialogue with your provider Um, your support system. And please do not take any of this as, oh, I'll just, oh, Carly said this in the workshop. I won't call my provider then. Um, Please keep in touch with them because they know you and your health history. I don't. It's not fair what happened to your baby and what happening is happening to you. Um, But you are still postpartum. Um, So whether your baby, you know, was not born alive um, or they were born alive for a very short period of time um, and they passed away, It it's still not okay, but you are still postpartum and your body deserves the care and, you know, respect um, that I know your baby would want you to have for yourself. Um, so we, I'm going to talk about two, kind of two different sections here. Um, one is just about all of the changes, um, to expect postpartum, um, to your body and like very, you know, kind of quick, um, not that it should be quick and abbreviated at all. Um, but I know there might be a lot of this in like discharge instructions. You've already heard it before. Um, so we want to just kind of highlight it here. And we're going to also talk about lactation after loss. Um, that is one of our biggest niche, uh, passion projects as well. Um, because it recently had a dear friend, um, and she did not know what to do with her breasts. She had twin girls, um, at 36 weeks. Um, 
and they weren't around. Um, so she wanted, it was her first baby. She wanted to do something with her breast and she didn't know what to do. So I put together a little pa- packet in their honor, um, the twin girls honor to, um, make this accessible. So, um, moms know their options for what they can do with their breast milk. Um, so postpartum body recovery, I'm reading off of uh, my website. I am going to put this like on the side here. So you'll probably see it. Um, so medications you can have over the counter, um, to have handy or have someone run out to grab for you or do target drive up is ibuprofen. So ibuprofen is also Motrin and Advil. They're all the same drug. So ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil. You can take that every six hours for pain um, and swelling. That's not a drug you could take during pregnancy. So that's kind of a nice bonus to throw that in there um, for postpartum. And acetaminophen or Tylenol. Um, You can take that every six hours as well in like a 975 of three regular strength or 1000 milligrams. That's two extra strengths Tylenol every six hours. So you can take Motrin every six hours, Tylenol every six hours. So essentially you can take something every three hours. You can also take them at the same time. They actually, I think, sell it over the counter now, a Motrin and a Tylenol combo. Um, so it is up to you with what you want to do. Um, some moms are also prescribed a narcotic. Um, so you can take those at the same time as a narcotic. I wouldn't take all three at the same time. It might be kind of tough on your stomach, uh, but you can take, you know, like a narcotic medication that was prescribed to you by your provider um, as well as Motrin. Um, so if it's a oxy, now I'm thinking about it though. If it's Percocet, Percocet has Tylenol in it though. So just kind of be wary, make sure you ask. Um, so you're going to have postpartum bleeding that's called lochia. Um, your bleeding can last, um, vaginal bleeding for up to six to eight weeks. Um, sometimes it's as little as three, sometimes it's as much as 10, um, in a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, um, the bleeding amounts, um, will be about the same depending on, um, the length of your pregnancy, if it was on like, you know, closer to 40 week mark, um, you'll have more bleeding, um, than, um, and, you know, like a 28 week or 30 or 32 week pregnancy because the dinner plate size wound, I have usually have a dinner plate. Sorry. Um, I forgot to put it out for this. Um, it is a dinner plate in eight and a half inches in diameter for a term pregnancy. Um, where the placenta is attached. So that is where the bleeding is coming from. Um, so, you know, in pregnancies, like the 30 week mark or so it's definitely a smaller area, but you will still have a significant amount of bleeding. Um, so allow your body to heal. If you had a dinner plate sized wound on the outside of your body, um, no one would ask you to do anything or you wouldn't expect yourself to do anything. The, your, um, vaginal bleeding will go from a red color to a pink, to a brown, to a white, and then it will, um, stop, but it can stop and start again. Um, so don't think like, and you're on the downward trajectory, um, it might start again. So don't throw the pads away, um, or the depends, um, think of your bleeding as an indicator of your body's healing. If you see a lot of bleeding after more activity, um, that is your body, body encouraging you to slow down. So. I'm going to separate it out here now for a vaginal birth, um, recovery for that. Um, so regardless of the size, the length or circumstances of the delivery, um, you need to heal. If you had some tearing, um, if there was an episiotomy, if there is some swelling or hemorrhoids, they can all cause discomfort. Sometimes it's all of those things. Um, sometimes you might even have hemorrhoids in your pregnancy. Um, sometimes you didn't though. And then they kind of come up with pushing or just bury end of pregnancy. Um, they do not feel good. Um, 
there's some kind of a spray bottle, like a peri, a peri bottle is what it's called, um, that you should get from the hospital. You can ask for more, take it home, um, just with warm water, kind of spraying your perineum. Um, so we don't you really wiping, um, quite yet to allow healing. Um, even if there wasn't really any tearing that happened, it's just still, you know, a lot going on down there. So you want to give your, um, perineum time to heal taking care of, um, using some of the products that hopefully, um, the place, um, you had your baby, um, gave to you, um, like a cooling spray or the witch hazel pads or like a preparation H type cream, um, ask how to use those. And if you've been told and you don't understand, ask again, you should not have to Google anything in the hospital. Um, you, that's what your staff, um, the nursing staff and your physicians and midwives are there for. So ask them. There's a sits bath you can also use. Um, they might have that at the hospital. You can even get it at like a Rite Aid or a Walgreens. Um, kind of sit and soak your bottom in for like a five to 10 minute mark. Sometimes there's different like salts and other creams you can use to put in the bath as well. Um, but you won't be taking an actual submerged tub bath. Um, for, you know, at least the six week mark. Um, and the stitches, if you did have any, um, will fall out on their own in a couple of weeks in the toilet. They're usually like a blue string type thing. Um, will fall out in the toilet. Um, so you might not even notice. So for a cesarean birth, um, you, it is major abdominal surgery. So please, we need to remind everyone of this. Um, it is, there's a lot of layers involved. Um, and, it takes time. Any other major abdominal, any other major surgery like this, um, there would be months of physical therapy and healing and no, not really here. Um, which is very unfortunate. So keeping your incision dry and clean. And so it's able to come together, um, well as it's most important. So there's going to be different things that are on your incision, depending on your provider. Um, Sometimes it's like surgical super glue that you can't even really see. Sometimes it's tape strips. Um, sometimes it's stitches, sometimes it's staples, sometimes it's all of the things. Um, so if it's um, some type of, every provider is different. I'm not going to try to say um, what they'll do, but um, we encourage every mom to have a look at their incision before they go home um, from the hospital. It doesn't have to be you if you're really uncomfortable, maybe just take a picture and put it on your phone somewhere. Um, so you can kind of compare it if you notice like, oh, I was, I, was I having bleeding from there or was I bruised there? Or like you can have a, a starting point to know um, what to look at or have a partner or a loved one that's there with you um, get a really good look at it. So, you know, um, using a hairdryer on a cool setting is good to keep it dry, um, before you put your underwear back on. Um, sometimes those pair, the mesh underwear can kind of like snag if you have like the tape strips or staples. Um, so you can put a pad on it sideways if you'd like to, um, basic soap and water, um, during a shower is fine. You do not need any special soaps or creams or anything. Um, do not feel like you need to use that. A lot of providers will want to see you back in about two weeks in their office. Um, and then around the six to eight week mark. So if you notice anything before that two or eight week mark, ask them, you do not have to suffer in terms of your own healing and silence, um, or you shouldn't suffer in any kind of silence. Um, but that's easier said than done. Um, being in close contact with your provider is huge. So if you have any increased redness or drainage, 
And if it feels warm or raised, um, or if you have a fever or anything feels concerning to you. Another good thing to do is splinting. So it's really like putting your hands or a pillow or something over your incision. So when you laugh, sneeze, cough, anything, um, it has support. So I've never seen a mom bust her incision open. Um, so don't please try to limit that fear. Um, but just being mindful of putting something there, um, or having a pillow nearby or like a blanket or something. So hormone shifts. So this is, we're coming back to vaginal or cesarean birth, um, coming back here to bring it together. Hormones will rise and fall postpartum. It can take about two to three months to regulate. Um, it can manifest as mood swings, um, hard time sleeping, irritability. Um, but all of those things are grief as well. Um, so it's hard to separate what is postpartum hormones and what is the, um, grief of losing our baby. I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed. 